Good morning. I'm glad to see you're here and not on spring break somewhere, although uh, I love it when you get a chance to get away. That's good too. But welcome. Glad you're here. Good to spend some time together this morning. Grab your handout. Your, if you grabbed one of those, your, whatever you're reading scripture on, we're going to jump into our message in just a couple of minutes. Before we get there, though, I want to tell you about a couple of things that are coming up and give you some explanation about some things that I think will be helpful to you. Uh, we've been talking about our Expand the Kingdom Here campaign, our giving campaign that will start April 9th. We're going to do our first fruits offering on April 9th, and we're going to ask everyone to prayerfully consider what God would have them give on a weekly basis, monthly basis, quarterly or annual basis over the next couple of years so we can do two or three things with, in the, within the life of the church and expand the ability for us to reach this community for Jesus Christ. Uh, we're, we, we need to do some enhancements of the building, for example. Um, if you walk around the building, you'll see some ways that our expansion joints in our stucco. I won't go into all the technical pieces of that, but it's going to be a, a significant repair for us on the building. That's just one example of some things we need to do on the building. We want to close our patio space at some point, if we can, and uh, enhance some of the ways. We're not going to add a big space to the building. We just want to enhance the building so that we can do some more use of the building, especially for adult training and equipping classes on Sunday mornings and those kinds of things. We also need to help Cristo Victorio also build some bathrooms in their building. Uh, the only bathrooms they have right now are in the basement back corner of the building. It's difficult to get there, and uh, especially if uh, some of the older people are now attending Cristo Victorio, so we need to have some bathrooms on the main floor for them to have access to so that they can continue to expand the ministry in the kingdom in downtown Wichita, especially in the Hispanic community. We also want to completely eliminate all of our debt. We still have about $400,000 left in our debt. Completely eliminating that will enable us to return a whole bunch of resource into the life of the, of the kingdom so that we expand our reach. So every dollar we get to invest in the kingdom here is, is a way to reach people who don't yet know Jesus. So quickly, I uh, wanted to share that with you. That's, one of the, that's the reason we're doing this. And I want to invite you to prayerfully consider how God would have you to be involved with that and then give over the next couple of years. I'm going to, uh, not this next week, but the following week, I'm going to invite some of you to come. If you'd like to come and visit, we're going to open up some times on the calendar, on the schedule. And I want to invite you to come and, and sit over lunch or breakfast or maybe a cup of coffee. We can have some more dialogue, not only about expanding the kingdom here, but what God's doing in the life of the church and what some of the ways that, that he's going to ex continue to expand the kingdom in and through us here at Christ Church and throughout the city. So uh, be ready for that invitation. I want to invite you to come and have, those di have that dialogue. You know, uh, as I thought about that, I wanted to ask you a question, and, and this is certainly uh, powerful for me to remember. I want to ask you this question. How many of you who are followers of Jesus can remember uh, immediately? You could name the person or maybe a group, a small group of people who invested in you, they gave sacrificially, they prayed for you, they, they shared the life of Christ with you, and because of their prayer and their care and their sacrifice and their leadership in your lives, you're now a follower of Jesus. Everybody remember those people? Uh, I, I think with with fond recollection of the people, Ron Bissey for me was a very important guy about three years older than I was in high school that continued to invite me into the kingdom of God in a real relationship with Jesus and I'll be forever eternally thankful for that. We're in the kingdom and we know God because of the way they have given, the way they're, they've sacrificed and prayed and led us and now it's our turn. 
Uh, this is our turn, our opportunity to give sacrificially and pray so that many more people will know Jesus and experience the life of Christ now and forever. Um, many of you heard Brad Smith, Catherine sitting back here this morning, many of you heard Brad Smith last Sunday talk about the way he has, God has led him to invest in the kingdom in Nicaragua. They got to see uh, the, the group, the team that went to Nicaragua, got to see the building, the school building that's being erected and is almost finished now, ready to receive children from anywhere from preschool age all the way through college age, will spend time in that building learning about Christ, learning another language, being educated in the name of Jesus. And Brad, you know, Brad has uh, invested in a lot of things over his lifetime. He said last week, maybe you heard him, maybe you remember saying, this is the most significant, most important investment I've ever made. And that's what happens when we invest in the kingdom. It becomes eternal instead of just temporary. It's not just something that, you know, moth and rust, as Jesus would say, moth and rust doesn't, doesn't decay, doesn't, doesn't deteriorate an investment you make in the kingdom. It's an eternal investment. In fact, not only does it not deteriorate, it continues to multiply. And that's the exciting thing about being able to invest in the kingdom. So that's what the Expand the Kingdom Now campaign, giving campaign, is all about. Another thing I want you to know before I get into the message this morning is next week, We'll have a very special guest with us, some guests with us, very close friends of ours, Craig and Chris Westoff will be here. And uh, Craig and Chris were part of the church uh, when it was uh, Eastside Community. When we first started the church, we started at Coleman Middle School. They came as a very young couple, uh, came from, moved here from San Diego, had just been become followers of Jesus and were baptized in the ocean, and uh, Craig got a job with a radio station, a Christian rock, not a Christian rock, it was a rock station here in Wichita, and as a brand new believer, being in the environments of Christian rock, or I keep saying Christian rock, it, it was not Christian rock, it was anything but Christian, <laughs> and being in those environments as a brand new believer created all kinds of tension for him. And so we began to pray over them that God would lead him into a place and an opportunity to use the gifts. You'll hear his voice next week. And when you hear his voice, you'll go, that guy needs to be in radio. Um, and so we prayed over him, uh, introduced him to a couple people, and God opened some doors so he could go on staff with Light 99. You remember, anybody remember listening to Light 99 here in Wichita that got bought out by K-Love? And then ultimately they moved to Tulsa and to uh, Indianapolis, and Craig was on the Caleb morning show for three or four years at least. Uh, maybe you remember, I don't know if you listen to Caleb or not, but if you remember the Craig, Amy, and Kinklefritz, this is Craig. This is Craig, uh, his radio name is Craig West, and he uh, resigned that position last May to go full-time with he and his wife, Chris. Chris founded a ministry called Akuo Missions, and they do ministry to the Middle East, and they'll be talking about their whole journey and the ups and downs of it and, and telling us next week about the way God has been working in and through them, now ministering to hundreds of pastors and people in the Middle East, Lebanon, Jordan, and so on. So this will be one of those Sundays, I said at 9 o'clock, this will be one of those Sundays next week that you will not want to miss, and I, I promise you, you will remember this Sunday, next Sunday, for a, a long, long time. You may even feel God prompting you to partner with Craig and Chris and Akua Missions. So with that said, bring your family, bring your friends, your neighbors, and let's listen to what Craig and Chris have to share with us next Sunday here at Christ Church. Okay, 
Grab your handouts, your Bibles, whatever you're reading scripture on. We've been in a message called What Christ People Do. We've been talking about the characteristics of a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. We've said we begin, as we begin to follow Christ, we begin as a worshiper. We begin to worship the one true God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then we connect relationally to the heart of God and to the hearts and lives of one another so that we can serve God and worship God together. And then we grow. It's important for us to grow to maturity. Paul tells us in Ephesians 4, not only will we grow to maturity with the help of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and with one another, we'll grow so much, we'll, we'll be as mature as Jesus is. Now that's amazing, isn't it, to think that that's possible? It's possible because of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, not because of what we know or what we can do, but that's what God wants for us. So we'll have that kind of maturity in our lives. We've been talking the last couple of weeks now about serving. And that's another characteristic. You know, God serves us all the time, doesn't he? Don't you, don't you love experiencing just receiving the way God serves us? You realize that's about all God thinks about, is how he can serve us. I think it's amazing that he serves us with such reckless abandon, knowing that we'll be messy, <laughs> knowing it isn't always going to go well, but he just keeps serving he keeps loving. He keeps giving. And so we're created in his image and called to follow him. We need to serve as well. Over the next few weeks, we'll talk about giving and yielding to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. In fact, uh, during the time that we talk about yielding, I'm going to invite another friend to come and preach then, and that's another one of those Sundays you're not going to want to miss. It, was, it's kinda, it strikes me kind of funny that I tell you this as if the messages that I preach are just sort of forgettable. Uh, um, <laughs> But I don't intend for that to be the case at all. So uh, pay attention. Take good notes. They're all memorable, I hope and pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Thank you very much. Okay, so um, let me ask you a question. Uh, how many of you, and I want you to raise your hands on this if you would, how many of you are followers of Jesus? Just devoted to him, you're followers of Jesus. Okay, awesome. Wonderful. Almost everybody in the room. Now, how many of you are in full-time ministry? Would you just raise your hands? Okay, uh, some of you. Uh, kind of a trick question. I kind of set you up for that. Um, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're also in full-time ministry, right? So just let's just do this. I'm a, raise your hand. I'm a follower of Jesus, and I'm also a follower in full-time ministry. Look at you worship. Just look at that. And who said you couldn't raise your hands in church? Look at that. You all, you all look like you had the answer there for a second. Um, so maybe you're not in vocational ministry where you do it as part of your vocational life. But if we're a follower of Jesus, we're also in full-time ministry, aren't we? Because he works in and through us to empower us as we serve him and as we serve one another and as we serve people outside the walls of the church. It's always full-time ministry all the time. That's what we're called to do. That's who we're called to be. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. While you're turning there, I want to share a little bit with you about what Paul's talking about here in 1 Corinthians 15. He wrote at least two letters. Most people think he wrote three letters to the church in Corinth. This is the end of the first letter he wrote to the church in Corinth. And so it's sort of a summary statement. And I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but I want to encourage you 
uh, write this down and, and in your notes or whatever you're taking notes on. Go back later today or sometime this week and read the whole chapter of 1 Corinthians 15. This is Paul's summary. He's saying he talks about the significance of the gospel of Christ, and then he talks about the, the amazing ways God wants to work in and through us to accomplish his will here on this planet. And that's what he's doing constantly. And then he goes on to talk about the way we will be changed into the same form of Jesus and the way we are able to look forward to being with him forever. It's an amazing summary he gives us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And then at the end of the chapter, verse 58, he says, therefore, and as we've said before here, you know this, you know how this works, right? If you read a therefore in scripture, you need to Read back and see what it's there for. Right? So therefore, he says, I've said all this to say this. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. You have a lot to look forward to. Be steadfast and immovable. Don't, don't shrink back. Don't hesitate. Don't think you're not able. Don't let opposition stop you. Be immovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. He doesn't say, you know, just getting along or just trying to make it. He says abounding in the work of the Lord because we're filled with the Holy Spirit. We have the Word of God. We have one another. We have everything we need. He says you have so much to look forward to. So be steadfast. Be immovable and be abounding in the work of of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain. Isn't that a great promise? That you're serving, the way you serve with your life is not in vain in the Lord. You have a lot to look forward to. There's a lot of things we can do with our time and our talent and our treasure. The one thing you will do with your one and only life that will matter more than anything else, and it will matter for an eternity, is when you serve God and you serve His people and you accomplish the mission God has given you to accomplish. As Christ's people, we're called to invest our one and only life, all of it, all of our time, our talent, our treasure. We're called to invest our one and only life in full-time ministry. As we've already established, every follower of Jesus is in full-time ministry. We're called to give our time, our ability, our talent, our treasure, our prayer, our effort, to constantly think of ourselves as people who are in full-time ministry. Jesus says an amazing thing in John 14, 12. He's just told his closest friends he's going to go and be crucified, and he's going to die, and he's going to eventually return to the Father. And he's going to send the Holy Spirit, and he says, when I do that, when I do that, greater things will you do than what I have done. Now, that's an amazing statement, isn't it? But if you believe that what Jesus says is true, and I do, I have, a, I have a tendency, I just have a rule. When somebody raises from the dead, I believe what they say. <laughs> if you believe what Jesus says, then it's a pretty amazing statement that you and I, we will accomplish through the power of the Holy Spirit and the truth of the Word of God working in us greater things than Jesus did. I think he's talking to us collectively. That's an amazing thing. We're all in full-time ministry, 
And we're first called, number two, to, to minister in the house of God. That's the, it's just like we're all a part of a family. Uh, we all have a family. They all look a little different. They're all from different places and so on, but they're all the same in this way. We're all in a family. Whether we're married to a spouse, or we have children, or maybe we have parents, or extended family, we're all in a family, and we're first called to serve our family, aren't we? Because we're in a family, we have a responsibility to the family. And this that we see in this room is the family of God. So as a follower of Jesus, I, you, we are called to first serve this family. We have a responsibility here. We all have a responsibility to give and serve and, and help one another grow and become, and, and to help us accomplish the mission God has called us to fulfill. So we're all, we all have a responsibility first to the house of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul writes, verse 16, he says, Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? You know, earlier on, the only temple of God, the only house of God was in Jerusalem. So people would travel once or maybe at least three times a year. Or if you lived in Jerusalem, you might go to the temple every single day. That was the house of God. But since the Holy Spirit has come to live in us, we are the house of God. I am, you are the house of God because the Spirit of God lives in us. So we're called to serve one another. We're called to serve in this house, the house of God. And when we gather together, I've had those moments, <laughs> haven't we all, <clears throat> on both ends, I've been the crier and the carrier. <laughs> so um, I'm not making fun. I'm, my heart goes out um, to moments like that when parents need to do what parents need to do, and I love that. Um, and that's a good example of, you know, we can stop and pray right now and love one another. And you know what? That's, that's what happens in the body of Christ. You realize that when we're together, when you and I, when we are all together, and I use the gifts and abilities God's given me, and you use the gifts and abilities God has given you, and we come together, that's the closest we're ever going to be to literally being in the physical presence of of Jesus himself, this side of heaven. When we get to pray for one another, when we get to encourage a parent, love a child, help someone through the door, give someone a blessing, teach someone the word of God, when we get to encourage one another and pray for one another and worship together and gather together and exhibit and share the gifts and the abilities God has given us, we are in the physical presence of Jesus because we're serving together. I love that. I love that. Some people think that it's not necessary to gather together as, as the church to gather together. Some, some people will say to me, well, I can worship out in the woods. Well, so can I. And I do from time to time. But I'm, if I don't gather with God's people, I miss being in the presence of Jesus. I miss so much of what God has 
for me to receive from him through one another. So we're first called to minister to this house, to be responsible to one another, to encourage one another. In fact, I've I've got one of these cards in my pocket, the one another's, serve one another. I want to encourage you to pick up one of these cards and go and serve someone and love them and pray for them. Maybe give them a gift in the name of Jesus because we're called to serve and to help one another. We get to experience that in worship like we just did. Um, Last week as we shared the team that came back from Nicaragua, we got to to experience the people of God gathering together in four different cities and they were speaking another language and a very different culture from our own. They look different than most of us look and they worship a little different than most of us worship and they speak a different language but here's what we have in common when we all gather together we're all worshiping the same God and we love the same God and we receive his love and we're loving one another and all of a sudden the body of Jesus looks just like the body of Jesus whether you're in Wichita, Kansas or in Nicaragua or in Sri Lanka or India or Haiti or the Dominican Republic or you name a place when the body of Jesus comes together there will be some key similar characteristics that we all get to enjoy and love because we're together in the name of Jesus. It's beautiful. We can't experience that anywhere else. It's amazing. Friday night at Eastminster Presbyterian Church, a good friend of mine, Pastor Stan Vandenberg, and one of our own, Mike Biggs, and Pastor David Carrillo gathered a group of Hispanic pastors together, and it's the first time, to my knowledge, that a group that that, that big of group in Wichita, Kansas, of Hispanic pastors have gathered together and to come together in unity. Brought a guy from Cali, Columbia, who shared with them a story about how two pastors in Cali, Columbia, began to pray together because one of them realized he had a problem with the other one, and he went to ask for forgiveness. And in the midst of the reconciliation that happened between those two pastors, they began to pray together, and more and more pastors began to gather together and pray together, and more and more people began to gather together and pray together. This is starting to sound familiar. And more and more people started to gather together and pray together, and before long, 100,000 people gathered in a stadium, in a soccer stadium in Cali, Colombia, and revival swept across the nation of Colombia, and the drug cartels had to leave the city. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, that's what happens. That's what happens when the people of God gather together and do what the people of God can do. God works. That's the body of Christ, and it's beautiful and wonderful. And, you know, we're going to gather again at March 30th at Bethel Life Center. Uh, So put that date on your calendars, Thursday night, 7 o'clock, March 30th, coming up real soon. We're going to gather together again as a city and worship and pray together, and we're going to pray over the pastors of the city. So if you know a pastor that hasn't yet come to one of these, gather, uh, invite them to come. We want to pray over all of the pastors of the city of Wichita on March 30th, all of them. So gather together, let's pray over all of the pastors and uh, ask God to do a, a powerful work in, in and through their lives. So we're talking about serving in the body of Christ. We're talking about serving the house of God. If you're not yet serving... 
Let me encourage you to pull out a card in front of you. Just get, grab one of those connection cards and fill it out. Put your name on it and turn it in at the offering boxes and just put on there very simply, I'm ready to start serving. If you know where you're, re- you're interested in serving, write that area of ministry down. Maybe it's children's ministry, maybe it's student ministry, maybe it's at the front door, whatever area you're, you're interested in. Had someone tell me just this week, I want to start helping our lawn crew keep up the, the lawn and the, the property here at, uh, at the church. So they're going to help on, on a once-a-week basis throughout the summer. Whatever way God is calling you, uh, if you haven't started yet, let me, just, let me just encourage you to start with once, one hour a month. Just serve once a month if that's the way you can get started. If that's 12 hours a year, I think almost all of us can serve 12 hours a year. And many of you serve much more than that. I'm so thankful for that. Some of you serve once a week. Some of you serve daily. See, Jennifer Carson, I don't want to embarrass you, Jennifer, but I love Jennifer was here just this week serving, and nobody knows this happens. A lot of things happen behind the scenes. Jennifer and a whole team of people putting together meals to put in the freezer so that when somebody has a need or somebody's in the hospital or a death in the family, they pull out a bunch of those meals and they're ready to deliver instantly and immediately. Isn't that beautiful? Thank you, Jennifer. I hope I didn't embarrass you. I didn't ask permission to share that story. But I love it when you and others serve the way you do. So, so much of that happens behind the scenes. And it's just awesome when we love one another that way. Know that your labor, as Paul says, know that your labor is not in vain. God sees it. It's an eternal investment in the kingdom. So respond now on your connection card and, and drop in the offering boxes and we'll help you get started. Okay, so thirdly, the the way we're called to invest our one and only life is in ministry and mission. That's beyond the walls of the church. That's where people are needing to experience the love of God and an invitation into relationship with God and to follow God and to be a part of the family of God. That's where we all leave the walls, leave leave the building, and the church goes into the mission field. Occasionally I'll say that as we've, we've gathered together for worship, but now the church is going to leave the building. And we're going to, we do that every week as we go into the community and, the neighbor, and the, our neighborhoods and workplaces. See, God has a responsibility for us here, but he has a mission for us outside. And no matter what age or stage of life you're in, no matter what your ability or inability or your strength or your weakness, God wants to use you outside the walls of this building. I love that. I've got a good friend, a mentor of mine named Marvin Martin. I've talked about him before. Marvin's been a mentor of mine for over 20 years now. Marvin is 90 years old. Did you hear me? He's 90. He's still serving the Lord every single day. Just a few months ago, he moved he and his wife into Larksfield Place, and they're, they've got a whole group of people they minister to on a regular basis there and inside and outside of Larksville. Every time I get together with Marvin, I just soak up his wisdom. I get to have lunch with him periodically. We usually, it usually becomes a two-hour lunch because I'm, and I always think, I always tell Kathy, I wish I'd taken something to record what he says because it's always so filled full of wisdom. One of the things he's reminded me of is nowhere in scripture does it talk about retirement. It's not in there. I'm not talking about being retired from your job. I'm talking about being retired from the way you serve in the kingdom. In fact, I know some of you 
are, are moving into a stage where you're retiring from your day-to-day job so that you can serve God full-time, free of charge. Love that. Because you know there's no retirement in the kingdom. In fact, you'll, you'll probably be more effective and more fruitful now that you have more time. Love that. Colossians 3.23 says this. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It's the Lord Christ whom you serve. It's the Lord Christ whom you serve. So when you get up out of bed in the morning, on Monday morning and Tuesday morning and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and whenever you get out of bed to go to the job that God has for you to go to, maybe, you, maybe that's the place where you do get a paycheck. Understand and remember that it's not just a paycheck, it's a ministry. You agree with that? It's not just a paycheck, it's not just a career, it's not just a vocation, it's a ministry. You may work for a boss or a place or an environment or a culture that's difficult to be in. Maybe that's why you're there. It's a ministry for you. It's what's going to matter forever. What you do and the way you minister to people in that context is really what matters forever. That may be the way God has provided for, to, for you to pay the bills, but that's not your primary calling for many of you. For some of you, it is. For me, I'm serving in my primary calling. But I'm in ministry every day, whether I'm here or not. And so for all of us, we need to remember that the people we interact with the places we go, it's full-time ministry for us, for all of us. Do what we do as unto the Lord. Remember, it's Christ whom you serve. It's not your boss, it's not your co-workers, it's Jesus that you serve every day, whether you're at church or not. You may be asking, well, how do we do this? Let me give you two things that are, I think, important for us to remember every single day. If you're going to serve God, and we are, we're going to serve God every single day as followers of Jesus, then we need to first devote ourselves to prayer. Paul writes to the Colossians, he says, Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Devoting ourselves to prayer prepares us for the mission that God has for us every single day. Another guy who's a mentor of mine, I met him when he was 78. He was retired from his work, but he wasn't retired in the kingdom. Met him when he was 78 years old. This has been years ago. He used to say to me all the time, Dennis, before you go to talk to a man about Jesus, first go and talk to Jesus about the man. Spend time in prayer and open the floodgates of heaven with God's grace and glory in prayer, and then that prepares you to go and do what God's called you to go and do. Devote yourselves to prayer. Secondly, step into divine intersections. Step into divine intersections. I want to encourage you, if you're taking notes, to write that down, because I believe God wants you to step into divine intersections every single day. So, if you're taking notes, write that down. If you're not taking notes, write that down. <laughs> Step into divine intersections every single day. Colossians 4, verse 5 says, Conduct yourself with wisdom toward outsiders. Talking about people who are not yet in the family of God. 
people who are not yet in the kingdom. You realize there's over 400,000 people in this city that would be in that category. Let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you know how you should respond to each person. You're going to hear next week, as I said, from Chris, from Craig and Chris Westoff. When Craig was here and they were here uh, in the, as part of the church, we used to go down with a camera and Craig would go down on the streets of Wichita. We'd do man-on-the-street interviews and he would walk up to someone, strike up a conversation. We'd get their permission to videotape. And Craig would lead them to know Jesus right there on the spot because we had prayed ahead of time and God was opening hearts and doors and opportunity and we were stepping into divine intersections. And God has those for all of us in the way that he's designed you and me. He has divine intersections for every single one of us every single day if we're paying attention if we devote ourselves to prayer, and if we step in to those moments in time. Remember, God is with you, and God is already in that intersection. Now, as I was preparing this message this week, I was thinking about many people in the life of the Bible that we read about that served God with faithful devotion and never, ever stopped. They were always faithful. I thought about Joseph. Remember the story of Joseph who had several brothers. He was a favorite son of his father. His father gave him a coat of many colors. And Joseph was just living the dream, wasn't he? Do you know the story of Joseph? Joseph was a dreamer. Joseph had a dream one time that he would end up being the ruler of all of his brothers. Now, he's the younger brother. So he goes to all of his brothers and tells them about the dream. Wasn't a very good idea, was it? Because now they take him, they bind him, they threw him in a well, and then a traveling caravan comes along who are slave traders, and they sold their brother to this band of slave traders, and they haul him off to Egypt. He gets to Egypt, and he gets sold to a guy by the name of Potiphar. Potiphar takes him in. Joseph's doing well. Not exactly living the dream. (laughs) But he's still having dreams. Now he gets in trouble with the wife of Potiphar. Potiphar's wife decides that she's going to be a sexual target for him. She tries to talk him into going to bed with her. And Joseph fled the situation, but got framed for rape that he didn't, a crime he didn't commit. Got thrown in prison. I don't know if you read this story, you need to stop long enough to think about how many years Joseph spent in prison. You realize he spent 13 years. Let me say that one more time. He spent 13 years in prison. You call that living the dream? But let's see what the Bible has to say about him. As they talk about him still, those who are writing the New Testament are still talking about his faithfulness and the way he served God. Acts chapter 7 verse 9 says this, the patriarchs, meaning Joseph's older brothers, became jealous of Joseph and sold him into Egypt, yet God was with him. I love love that. 
God was with him. Just read it. God was with him. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is with you. God is with you. Don't forget. Don't forget, friends, brothers, sisters in Christ. Don't forget God is with you. And he rescued him from all his afflictions and granted him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he made him governor over Egypt and all of his household. (laughs) Joseph was faithful and he continued to serve. He served Potiphar. He served in prison. The warden in prison made him, put him in charge of all of the prison because of the way he was faithful and trustworthy and he served and then more dreams come and he interprets the dreams of Pharaoh and Pharaoh puts him in charge of the entire country of Egypt he becomes the second most powerful person on the planet why because he's a faithful servant and God is with him He stays faithful. 13 years in prison. Framed for a crime you didn't commit after you've been sold into slavery by your own brothers. (laughs) Faithful servant of God. God has a divine intersection for you. Just like he had for Joseph. And he wants you to step into it just like he did for Joseph, just like Joseph did, because he's got a plan for you. He's got a plan in that intersection for you to make a difference in somebody's life. And it'll make a difference in yours too. Don't miss any intersection God has for you. What if Joseph had just sat in in jail and just pouted because he's, he's been mistreated and abandoned and abused? Could have. But he didn't. God is with him. And Joseph is a faithful servant of God. And he prayed. And he listened. And he stepped into every divine intersection God had for him. And in the process... He just changes the world as we know it. That's all. Would you put your hands out in front of you? Because I'm here to tell you today. I'm here to tell you God is pouring out his grace and his mercy and the power of his presence is here. And he wants you and me to step into the divine intersections and take these hands and these lives and serve him. And he's just going to change the world, that's all, through you. The part of the world where he has you, your workplace, your family, your neighborhood, Let's pray. Father, thank you for the way you are so faithful to us. For the way, Father, that 
you do with our little weak lives, amazing miracles that we never saw coming. Thank you for the promise that you are with us. Thank you, Lord, that you work through people like Joseph, who starts out as a, an arrogant dreamer, but ends up truly living your dream. Father, each one of us are praying our own prayer right now and asking that you, Father, will, will move us into the dream you have for us and the plan you have for our lives as we serve you, knowing that you are with us. Lord, would you lead us, empower us, keep us humble, and help us, Father, to serve, to serve you, to serve this house, just like the faithful followers who served us, who led us into your kingdom. Lead us now to the people in this community who are yet to know you, who need to know you and experience your amazing love and grace the way we have. It's in the name of Jesus we pray and everybody said, Amen.